Bibles, if you would, this morning to the book of Jeremiah, and uh, we're going to look at verse 29, and uh, notice with me uh, here in a moment what this says. First of all, I want to say this. According to the message translation in Proverbs, it says, if people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. Now, how many of you brought your vision list this morning? Raise your hand. We're going to pray and we're going to believe God right after this message. So get ready to release your faith. But it says, but when they attend to what he reveals, God is revealing some wonderful things to us through his word and by his spirit. So when we attend to what he reveals, the Bible says that we are most blessed. Let's declare this together this morning. I am most blessed. I am blessed. One person said this, that vision is seeing the invisible and making it visible. Still another quote is, vision is an informed bridge from the present to a better future. How many of you are smiling at your future? Amen. Amen. We ought to look forward to our future with great anticipation and great expectation. See, it's because this, in Jeremiah 29, 11, New Living Translation, God says this. Read it with me. For I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good. Stop right there and shout good. Good plans. Good God always has good plans. Not bad plans. And not for disaster. To give you a future and a hope. I like the Amplified Version. It says, to give you hope for your final outcome. The first thing I want to say to you about maintaining your vision is we must stay focused if we are going to see our dreams, our goals, and our visions to come to pass. Both naturally and spiritually. Both individually and as a church. One thing I know for sure is the enemy is the author of distraction. And what he wants to do is pull you off the path that God has for you through disappointments and through different things that might come up and through the things of this world. But I believe with all of my heart that as we keep our eyes fixed upon Jesus, Jesus will make a way where in the natural realm it seems like there is no way. Is that right? Now, we've learned this, that the enemy will not roll over and play dead just because you have a vision. And so here's the key. We must be like the Apostle Paul and have this attitude. None of these things move me. None of these things are going to move me. What shall we therefore say to these things? If love before us, who can be against us? If God is authoring vision and the Lord is leading and guiding, it doesn't matter what may come against you if you will stay focused, focused, fixed on Christ, unlimited supply every day, every day. And you can do it. You can stay focused if you will. The second thing that is of utmost importance that I've learned in my life in ministry is perseverance. You know, perseverance is needful when you're walking out the vision that God has given to you. Now, we notice in Habakkuk chapter 2 and in verse 3, it says, For the vision is yet for an appointed time, 
But at the end, it shall speak. In other words, at the end, it's going to materialize, it's going to manifest, it's going to speak. Though it tarry, do what? Wait for it, because it will surely come. It will not tarry. So what is perseverance? And I've been asked to do a a workshop at a minister's conference this summer. I'm real excited about it. And they gave me the subject, perseverance. Because evidently they've seen some perseverance in my life. To God be the glory. Perseverance is an act of continuing continuing forward in spite of opposition, difficulty, or adversity. I love Andy Stanley. He's a great pastor and he's an evangelical pastor. We can learn from different camps. Here's a quote directly from him on his book, Visioneering. He says, you're not responsible for figuring out how to pull off God's vision for your life. You are responsible, however, to do what you know to do, what you can do, and then you must wait. He furthermore says this, In the meantime, we must see success for what it is, faithfulness to the process. And I like this, and we must celebrate little successes along the way. Instead of cursing your surroundings, Andy says, Celebrate your faithfulness in spite of them. The problem with cursing your surrounding is that, like anything else you curse, it becomes a focus. And to focus on what's around you diminishes your ability to focus on what is before you. And so we see a combination of focus and we see perseverance flowing together. Celebrate the little victories of life. Don't wait until you have the full corn in the ear. Give God glory at the blade. Give God glory in everything that he does good in your life. Amen? Matter of fact, let's just raise up our hands and give him all the glory right now. Oh, Lord, we give you glory for what you've done. For what you're doing in our lives. For what you've done in all these past years in this ministry. We thank you for what you're doing now and what you will do. We glorify you. Glory to God. I think we ought to shout ahead of time. Hallelujah. Amen. Turn quickly over to Hebrews chapter 10, verse 35 and 36. Peter Lowe says this. He says, the most common trait I've found in all successful people is they have conquered the temptation to give up. Now, I'm going to read these same sets of Scripture in the Amplified. In verse 36, it says, Do not, verse 35, Do not, therefore, fling away your fearless confidence. This is the fight of faith, not giving up, staying focused, and persevering. Don't fling it away. Why? Because it carries a great and glorious compensation of reward. We serve a God who compensates faithfulness. We serve a God who rewards your diligence. We serve a great big God. So don't you give up. Don't fling away your confidence. Keep on keeping on giving God the glory all the way. And verse 36, he says, for you have need of patience and endurance. Look at your neighbor and say, be patient, please. So so why? That you may perform and fully accomplish the will of God 
and thus receive and carry away and enjoy to the full what is promised. Has God promised you some great things? Amen. We are recipients of the goodness of God. In verse 38, he says, but the just shall live by faith. And right at the end of that verse, it says, if he draws back or shrinks back in fear, my soul shall have no delight in him. And fear is the major enemy. It is a major vision robber. But I just want to remind you today, you are not of fear. You are of faith. You are not of the spirit of fear at heart of the bay. You are of the spirit of faith. You are not overcome by the world. You are world overcomers because you have the spirit of faith on the inside of you. Amen. Now, fear will present itself to each and every one of us. But we've identified what to do with fear. We recognize it. Amen. We go into RM resisting mode and then we replace it with the good word of God. Amen. And so your rewards are there. So don't draw back in fear, but stay in faith. Now, here's something else that is extremely important. And that is this. There is something called the passage of time that can get to all of us. The passage of time is a dream thief. The passage of time is a vision thief. You know what? I'll to be honest with you. If I didn't know that God called me to the San Francisco Bay Area, I probably would have left in the first three years. Because in the natural realm, not everything you see naturally lines up with what you know on the inside. Have you discovered that to be true? And so don't let a tick-tock or a clock talk you out of what God has called you to do. Now, I love that Paul addresses this in the book of Galatians, in his letter to the the church of Galatia. He says in uh, Galatia chapter 6, verse 9, and I want you to notice this with me in the Amplified Version. It says this, And let us not lose heart or grow weary and faint in acting nobly and doing what? It's right for you to do the will of God. It's right for me to obey the promptings of the Holy Spirit. And so he says here, you know, in acting nobly and doing right, for in due season, you have discovered that due season is oftentimes a lot longer than you'd like it to be. But in due season, at the appointed season, what are we going to do? We are going to reap. Now here's the condition. If we do not loosen... And relax our courage and faint. Now the last characteristic that I want to talk to you about this morning in keeping your vision alive before we release our faith today. One way, not the only way to not grow weary and faint is to keep your hope alive. Keep your hope alive. Let's address this for a moment. Just quoting Proverbs 13 verse 12. It says this, that hope deferred will make the heart sick or hope that is deferred will cause the heart to to droop. But when the desire is fulfilled, it is a tree of life. Now, you got your shouting clothes on today. The message translation of this says this. 
Unrelenting disappointment can leave you heart sick. But, hallelujah, thank God for the butts in the Bible, right? But a sudden good break, what can it do? But a sudden good break can turn life around. I am a firm believer in the suddenlies of God. How about you? I am a firm believer in glorious, wonderful breakthroughs. Let's read that part B together. But a sudden good break can turn your life around. Woo, glory to God. So don't allow your hopes to fade. Believe for suddenlies. Believe for breakthroughs. Believe for manifestation. Amen? Amen. So the question would be asked, well, okay, what is hope? Well, hope is simply this. Hope is not wishful thinking. Hope is having a confident and a favorable expectation of good. We could say a favorable expectation of a good God given us breakthroughs. It also means to be intensely expectant, to be confidently looking forward to something. Why? Because you fully expect something good to happen. Mm -hmm. Dread is the opposite of hope. Dread is an expectation and an apprehension of bad. Hope is an expectation of good. Now, you can live in love. You can dwell in God. And in dwelling and living in union and in communion with Him, we could say it like this, if you were asked this question, where, where do you live? Well, Brenda and I naturally live in Union City. But most of the time, when we're walking in the Spirit, we're living in love. <laughs> Amen. Now, sometimes we venture off and get in the flesh, but we won't talk about that today. But there is a place where you and I can live, and it's called love. It's not the love shack. It's dwelling in God, dwelling in love, in union, and in glory. Listen, in glorious communion with Him. Now listen, I want you, I want you to get this today. Living in love. Now, look at 1 John Chapter 4, verse 18 in the Amplified Version. That's not in my notes. If you could pull that up. Now, when we are living in this realm of love, in this realm where God dwells, there is no fear in this love zone. Say it with me. There's no fear when I'm living in love. Now, notice the next part of the verse. Dread. Apprehension of bad does not exist in this lane of love. Why is that? Because you've got such a great revelation of how much God loves you, that your faith is working by love, that it doesn't matter what's in front of you. Dread just does not exist. Because you've got a revelation of God's love for you. And instead of dreading the future, you have hope for the future for a good outcome. 
Now, why is that? Because you know God is good. And he's good all the time. Say it with me. I'm living in love. Dread does not exist. Where I live, dread does not exist. I want you to get this. I'm living in love. Therefore, apprehension of bad does not exist. Now notice this. But full grown, complete love, it turns fear out of doors and expels every trace of terror. So I thought you'd like that today. Do you like that? And so let's get back over here in love, get back over here in hope. Here's what hope will do for you. It will anchor your soul. It will anchor your mind when it's tempted to be unstable. It'll anchor your will when it's tempted to waver. It will anchor your soul. Matter of fact, Hebrews 6 says, we have this hope as a sure and steadfast anchor of the soul. It cannot slip. It cannot break down. Whoever steps on it. What is an anchor? An anchor is something we all need in this life. An anchor is something that holds an object together. Now say this with me. Godly hope will keep me at rest. It'll keep me firm and steady when my mind is being bombarded by thoughts of giving up. If you are kind of in that zone today of being bombarded by those thoughts, take heart. You can displace those thoughts with the thoughts of God. And think the thoughts of God. And speak the word of the living God. And as you think God's thoughts and believe God's spots and uh, God's uh, thoughts and say God's thoughts, His word shall surely come to pass in your life. Amen! Now, look with me at Isaiah chapter 40. You ready to release your faith? Look at Isaiah chapter 40, verse uh, 31, amplified. Here is another major key to keeping your hope alive. And it's so rich, it's found right here. It says, but those who wait for the Lord. Now, this is not inactive waiting. This is actively waiting in faith expecting and hope those who wait for the Lord who expect and look for I'm looking for him I'm a looking for him I'm looking for him in this service I'll be looking for him at lunch I'll be looking for him in my nap but those who wait for the Lord who expect look for and hope in him now notice here's what will happen they should change Do we ever need changing? Do we ever need to change our mindset? But not only shall they change their attitudes and their mindset, but also there will be a renewal of strength in our lives and power as we stay in this zone of hope. And as a result, we will lift up our wings and mount up close to God as eagles mount up toward the sun. Read the rest with me. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Glory. Hallelujah. I was talking to Brenda on the way in. You know, we've been pastor of this church twice as long as I've been alive. 
I'm 64. We started when we we're 32. But I'll tell you the truth about it. I'm stronger. I'm more on fire now than I was at 32 years old. And I believe by God's grace, I'm a little wiser. I don't know if you agree with that. Maybe season. But they're going to walk. And not faint. Here's what we're going to do at Heart of the Bay. We're mounting up. The rest of this year, next year, we're mounting up. The message says, they'll run and they'll not get tired. And I've written in my notes, we shall be able to walk out our assignments and not be weary. We will walk and we will not lag behind, but we will be in step. We shall be in step. Now, as we declare the word of the Lord over our vision list, I want to say just a few things as we release our faith together. Did you know that making declarations over what God has placed in your heart is not just about making loud sounds and loud noises? It is really about releasing the spirit of faith. We have, listen to this, we are speaking spirits. And we have the privilege of acknowledging and affirming and appropriating and confessing and laying claim to the riches of God's word with our words. And so then as we release our faith in a moment or two, I want you to say what you really believe in your heart. Amen. We can speak the word of God out of our heart and release power. Power, what kind of power? Power that creates good things. Power that stops bad things. Power that comforts and consoles and strengthens and edifies. And power that heals. Mm -hmm. Power that brings provision. Power that stops the devil in his track. And power that looses the angels to work on our behalf. Job said it like this. He said, you shall decide... Many of you have prayed and you've decided according to the wisdom of God and the counsel of God what your vision is and what your goals are. He said, you've decided, now it's time to decree. It's time to decree a thing. And it shall be established for you. And the light of God's favor is going to shine upon your ways. We serve a good God. And we serve a God who's watching over his word to perform it today. Amen.